Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. On this episode, we have Stephanie Thompson, who is a certified athletic trainer in a high school, and we are talking about establishing and maintaining and kind of cultivating relationships with coaches and how that is in the working environment. And Stephanie has a unique take on this as she went from being a student athlete at that high school under some of these coaches to now working directly with them. And so we just talked about some of the challenges and some of the best ideas and tips and things to help establish those relationships and boundaries to have it be successful and make it seem as if we are working with those coaches and not necessarily for them. Really good insights in this episode. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Please give them a look as you're getting ready for next year's inventory ordering. All of their stuff is high quality and very affordable in working through all the different distributors. But with that, please enjoy this episode. training chat we are on with stephanie thompson um, and today we are going to be talking about just general relationships and interaction with coaches some useful tips for especially for young professionals because i just in gearing up for this remember all the times i probably screwed up significantly in those interactions um, as i'm sure most of us have done but uh, we connected up on Twitter, as that seems to be the trend these days. But um, with that, I will turn it over to Stephanie and let her kind of fill in on the background. All right. So, uh, like I said, I'm Stephanie. Um, I graduated from the high school that I work at now. So I graduated at high school. I went to um, Baylor, got my degree in athletic training at Baylor. Um, then I went and started working at Training Mother Francis Hospitals at the White House, um, at White House High School. And I was getting my master's in education at the time. And then I got a phone call from my high school track coach who was serving as the AD. And he said, hey, our athletic trainer just um, quit. Would you like to be our athletic trainer? So I packed up and moved back home. And um, now I'm serving under a different AD. Uh, he was the boys AD and now he's um, full-time AD. And he, um, I actually ran track with his uh, daughter. So yeah. Kind of nice when it comes all full circle. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's neat. <laughs> <laughs> so we kind of said, that, or I said it right before we actually started hitting the core. Like relationships with coaches are really a, its own dynamic, and it's hard to get training in an undergrad, depending on where you go. Um, I went to a big B one school and had very little interaction with coaches. I don't know what your experience was at Baylor, um, also being a pretty large institution, yeah. you know, Division one. So really, and then kind of even what you were saying, um, now working with an AD that you went to school and ran track with his daughter, like that's an interesting dynamic. So how have you been able, you know, what have you seen or what have you been able to do that has maintained a, like a good and solid working relationship? Yeah, um, it was kind of a little tricky at first. Um, I think having that year at a different school um, definitely helped me to kind of get my legs um, making relationships with coaches. 
um, because when I started, 12 of the 15 football coaches coached me in some form or fashion from fifth grade on. Um, and then like our head volleyball, women's basketball, men's basketball, soccer, pretty much all the head coaches were my coaches in high school. Gotcha. Um, so it's, it's been really interesting just um, having them see me as a professional who knows what they're doing instead of the fifth grade kid who is in their health class, you know? <laughs> Um, Baylor also, uh, they did, a when we did our clinicals, he made, he knew that I wanted to work at a high school. So he made sure to put me in a high school for a semester. And that was super duper helpful and um, getting able to, uh, do evaluations on my own and getting to talk to coaches that also have a certified kind of back me up and say, Oh, maybe you should say this next time. Maybe you should look at this. So that was really awesome. Having a mentor. What were some of the things that you learned? So, okay. So, um, Definitely trying not to be super wishy-washy when I'm talking to coaches. Um, I think I had, I had a bad habit at the beginning of being like, well, he might be able to play if we do this. Or, I mean, I know we're behind and he's our best player. Maybe if we tape him real hard. Like, so I was, it was uh, really important at the beginning to say, no, this is what we're doing. This is my plan and this is what we're going to do. Um, so being very firm is something that um, I learned over the years, and it's definitely helped with my interactions, I think, for sure. Anything else, you know, or like young professional, I don't know how many years you've been in the profession. Um, <laughs> so, you know, still kind of in that realm, but not fresh out of no. grad school, because um, again, just kind of even referencing my like, oh boy, I think back, I'm like, what was I doing like and trying to appease everybody and also my other realization is like the coaches that i started working out the head coach had probably been coaching almost longer than i had been alive so he's seen some stuff like just because yeah. I, the test doesn't exactly make me the expert um for a real you know a very intelligent guy that's been doing mm -hmm. it for a while what other like would you if you go back for people just graduating and getting into it like ideas or tips that you might have definitely having a mentor um that that was really really important to me my first year i had um two super awesome ats that i worked with um, and they were there to help give me advice um or not even necessarily like hey i you know i don't know how to do this but um someone to vent to so they could say you know like i've been there too um once i got to Pleasanton, I was all by myself. Um, there, the closest school is, I mean, 10 miles away. That's not super far, but we don't talk ever at all. Okay. So making sure that I have somebody, sorry, <laughs> calling somebody or texting friends or just having a network, connecting with people on Twitter, you, like you need somebody to talk to, to talk things through, to, to rant about. Um, the first couple of years at Pleasanton, I had nobody to talk to and it was, it was brutal. So. You know, we were talking about your unique situation, you know, with all the coaches and obviously establishing a relationship with coaches is really important and gaining a rapport and, you know, trust doesn't just happen overnight. Um, mm -hmm. All ends. Any pitfalls that you've seen kind of from your unique situation and, you know, already having those pre-existing ones or even in just kind of your general observation or anything with other people? Uh, I think at the beginning, um, I was like trying 
too hard to be better than who was before me. Um, I know it's, it's like not a competition, but I kind of made it a competition at the beginning. So I was here all the time. I was on call all the time. I was, I was too available. And so it got to the point that I'm, you know, getting phone calls at 10 o'clock on a Saturday, you know, let's, can you come look at this kid? And um, that was definitely from a personal standpoint, I think a pitfall, like okay. I'm still able to do my job, but there was no balance there. Right. Um, being, being a little bit too friendly with some of the coaches, I think was also something that kind of not necessarily a pitfall, but you know, they, they expected more or they, um, you know, Oh, it's okay. Can't we, we can skip the last day of the concussion protocol. Like, no, we can't do that. Yes. You know, um, game day and full contact. Those are the same thing. No, they're not the same thing. Like making sure that that it was something established. Like I didn't want to let down my high school track coach, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Um, so that also kind of made it really hard to break bad news also like being too tight with them. Um, okay. so I think being able to make a little bit of professional distance is something that is really needed. You mentioned so like, and I I went the exact same way, and I've gone through this, and I've had my own evolution, especially about how I've done and thought about it, but also like employees, and you know, mm-hmm. we don't have GAs anymore, but when we did, like, I always want you know, I wanted to be the one that worked the hardest. I was there, you know, I was all in. Like, this is yes. what I'm doing. You know, this is what it's all about. Life changes, things happen. You know, mm-hmm. different settings are neither more important or not than the other, but yeah, its own unique demands. How did you potentially, maybe this is maybe not the right way to say it, but kind of like work back from that. Kind of work back like, um, like kind of bring it back into where you felt like you had control over it again. So you weren't necessarily on call 24 seven or maybe pushing boundaries. I don't know if there's a, Oh yeah. 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 No, definitely. Um, it's that, establishing boundaries for sure. Like once I started keeping track of, I started keeping track of it. Hey, I'm at school 80 hours this week. That's not okay. Um, you know, I had people like my friends or a significant other, you know, Hey, I never see you. I'm like, well, okay. So I started keeping track of it and noticed how much I was working. And then finally went to my AD and was like, look, man, like I'm here all the time. You know, you wouldn't want your daughter to be working this much. Like help me. So definitely playing, playing on the daughter card also helped a lot. <laughs> That's fair. Hey, you um, what you can. Yeah. And, um, so now, you know, I have, I have a more, more boundaries, you know, don't, don't text me after eight. If you are not at a game, like I'm not going to respond to you until seven and I won't, I'll ignore, I'll ignore phone calls and coaches until the next day, unless okay. it's an absolute emergency. Right. And um, I leave at the same time every day because otherwise I'll never be at home. So like I had to force boundaries um, and it, it, there was a little bit of pushback at first, but um, it's gotten to where everybody accepts that. Like I'll get, I'm sorry, it's after eight, but I really need this answered or something. And it's kind of neat. So. How did you deal with that pushback? Cause I know that's for me, like I'm generally like a people pleaser. doesn't matter what it is. Like I, I all for like making other people better at even my own expense. Yeah that's hard it's that for me like how did you handle that or like advice for people to handle that yeah no it was it was really hard um our school makes us do a strength finder and so um one of my top strengths is harmony so i hate conflict i hate when people are mad at me 
Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't like when coaches yelling at me cause I'm not at practice. Um, but I just, I, I just made it a point to be really clear about it. Like I've left at, at this time every day since the beginning of the year, I'm sorry, I'm not there. I'll see you in the morning. And then turning around and calling the AD and saying, Hey, this is what's going on. This is how I handled it. I just want you to know. But, and having an AD who like supports me 100% is, I think, definitely key, is having a really good relationship with the AD because if he didn't support me, I don't think I would have been nearly as successful in making all of the boundaries. I can only imagine. And like, it's hard because it's hard to quantify. Like, but you pro- obviously, you provide value. Mm-hmm. But like getting that AD to recognize that and then back you when you come to them with that is so big and that can be really hard in some places, especially yeah. the former coach. Yeah. Because no, they it was, get it and they may be hammering you. Yeah. No, there was um he was the head football coach and then transitioned to full time AD and there was it was a it was a big transition um for our working relationship also because it went from um almost like, I mean, he's AD, so he's my boss, but he was also the head football coach. So it almost felt like working for a coach instead of working with a coach. Um, and then once it translated to him being my AD, we had more, much more of a partnership. It, it, it seems like it should have been more of a partnership as a football coach, but as AD, it feels a lot more as a partnership. Um, which is, he got to see the other side of things. He didn't only see me at football practice, setting up water and stretching kids. He saw me, at morning treatments. He saw me at all of the games. He saw me doing everything. Um, so, perspective, so gave him some perspective on it. Yeah, he definitely, he got to see everything that I do and it was awesome. Um, we, we actually had a conversation this year, a parent called and complained that it wouldn't um, inculcate his kids um, for every single practice. Yeah. And cause I was like, Hey, I'm not ever at practice. Get an ankle brace during the practices. I'll tape you during games if that's what you if that's what you need. Right. But this is what we're gonna do. And he went and called and complained to the AD, and the AD was like, "Hey, I hired her to be the athletic trainer, so I'm gonna defer to her for any athletic training decision. Like that's her job. That's why I hired her." And I was like, "Coach Dumont, <laughs> that was the <laughs> nicest <laughs> thing. No, that's Thank awesome. you for respecting me. So it was awesome." And, you know, taping ankles for every practice is really cost-effective. Yeah. 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 Not just that, but, like, I work junior high, and we have soccer, so four of the five days I'm not even in the training room. Like, I'm out of practice. I mean, I'm at games. Right. (laughs) I'm like, how am I supposed to tape you if I'm not even in the room? It was super. Um, These difficult conversations happen. All the time, mm-hmm. uh, no, you know, you're a harmony person, and you don't enjoy them. Have you found anything that use that you found useful to help kind of get over some of those that you don't want to have? I don't really have any kind of. I just, I just gotta do it. Like the longer you put it off, the worse it is. You just, you just gotta get in there and have those hard conversations, um, and make sure that. I think that it's just you like that there's no distractions when you're trying to have that conversation. You can't have that conversation in the middle of practice. You got to set a time aside and go have it, you know? If you had any success, you know, with your AD um, supporting you and we just kind of mentioned it, having that perspective, 
has that trickled down from them to the coaches or have you found anything successful to get the coaches to kind of understand? Cause we talk about that as a staff a lot where I'm at and we're mm-hmm. very fortunate with our staffing size, but it's still, we've got coaches that are 1.0 where, where your season ends, like you get to just chill. Like, and, mm-hmm. you, and they go and they recruit and they do all their stuff. And absolutely that's time consuming, but like we're bouncing to the next sport. Like we got the next mm-hmm. thing that's happening. And so trying to give them some version of that perspective, just wondering if you, I'm yeah. asking for myself, if you found anything that's helped. Um, I mean, it really goes back to having the AD being supportive. Um, uh, we had a, you know, a complaint from one of the other coaches kind of early on this year, like she spends all of her time with football. Like how come she can't spend that much time with, you know, our spring sports. And he's like, look, there's one of her, she's got basketball. She's got softball. She's got girls basketball. She's, I mean, there's so much going on. Um, and him being able to help back up like what I'm saying, um, because I'm, you know, I, I try and tell them that too. Like, look, I can't come in for Saturday treatments during the spring sports too, because then I would never have a Saturday to myself the entire year. Like, please look at me. I'm a person. Right. So just making sure that they're aware, like, because I think a lot of they're, they're trapped in their little coaching bubble. You know, they, they coach soccer or track or basketball or whatever it is. And that that's, that's their whole life. Um, but they don't realize that you are, you can't be committed to basketball because you have soccer and you have junior high basketball and you have volleyball. Like, yeah, just making sure to voice it, I think definitely helps put it into perspective. Like I can't be with you all the time. I have other people to take care of too. Yeah, I hear you there. We've had, sorry about all the dinging. Um, yeah. um, we've had that where it's just kind of like, yeah, if you want, you know, you're a 1.0 coach, yeah, 1.0 AT, we're on board, you know, yeah. or your sport, you know. And yeah. Uh, sometimes that brings about a little perspective for us where there's like, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just like, well, yeah, that's the thing. Um, sorry, did I cut you off? Oh, no. Oh, sorry. Um, that was a cat. Good. Emails. Plenty over here. Um, so one we kind of get touched on, but it's something that's big for us that I've started going through again. I've evolved a lot with this. Is like here we're classified as athletic training services. We're kind of our own department within the greater department. But changing the mindset of our coaches that like we're part of a bigger team, but we're not part of your coaching staff. We don't work for you. We work with you. And, you know, yes. we haven't gone quite this far yet, but you look at like a service profession, like you don't go to the doctor and demand that they show up because you can be there at 6.30 in the morning. Like they tell mm-hmm. you, these are our service hours, unless, you know, the outside things, obviously emergency stuff. These are the uh-huh. service hours. You're going to fit to come in to see us. And yes. we've modeled a little bit of a different mindset with that, but thoughts on the kind of the with verse four and how that applies in the high school setting. Yeah. I think um, a lot of times that coaches feel like you work for them. And um, yep. my, my first year I worked in an alumni game and I, I mean, it was all my friends playing on the alumni team. So there was a ball that was called out and I was like, oh, that was totally, that was, that was totally in. It wasn't actually, oh, that was totally in. And the coach was like, you work for me. And I was like, I don't work for you. I work with you. Yes. I don't work for you though. Um, and uh, I've, I've really fought back with that 
mainly with snark. Um, I haven't had any serious conversations about it yet with any of them, but um, earlier this year is my favorite example. Um, we had a <laughs> one of our one of our star players hurt himself um, right before a big game, and you know I was handling it was an ankle sprain. It was fine. We were yep. handling it. Coach stepped in and found a voodoo doctor or whatever to take care of him. Um, calls grandpa. I mean, they're doing everything. They're working together, kind of cut me out of it. And I'm like, coach, that's what we were. I was doing everything that you, that this voodoo doctor did. Like now this kid is missing school. Now I can't touch him anymore because he's under somebody else's care. Like what the heck coach? Why are you totally stepping over me? And he apologized. But then, um, at the game on Friday, I looked at him and I was like, Hey, um, how about instead of having him run those wheel routes, let's just do straight post routes. And, um, why don't we hand the ball to the running back instead? And we'll just, we'll just keep the receivers out of it. And he gave me a look like, what, who the heck do you think you are? Like, I wish, I wish I could translate the fire that was in his eyes when he looked at me. And I was like, doesn't feel so good. Does it when other people tell you how to do their job? And he was like, I said, I was sorry. <laughs> so um, being able to fight back in, in ways like that. When they tell me how to do my job, I turn around and tell them how to do their job. And yep. uh, definitely... it's probably not the best way to do it, but it's working <laughs> for now. And then having the hours of availability is probably the more serious way to do it. So I think to your point, like there's a time and a place for some of, for like that type of thing and that overstep, because that is one we have definitely brought up to our coach. Yeah. If you want me to tell you how to train your athletes, I'm happy to relay my opinion. Yeah. But why would you think it's okay for you to tell me, but me not to tell you? Like that's, you know, you don't. Yeah, and if we had coaching, if he had whatever. Yeah, if he had been a place where there like wasn't an athletic trainer before, and he Mm -hmm. was having to make all those decisions, like I could totally understand if I was the very first AT we'd ever had. Right. Um, But at this point, I've been at the school for five years, and I have I. I was not the first athletic trainer, you know, there's been four or five that I know of before me. So um, they've, they've had athletic trainers at least for 10 years. So I don't know where that was, where that came from. I think he just freaked out because it was one of the big guys. Yeah. And that tends to happen. (laughs) Unfortunately. Yeah. Anything else specific that you want to cover on, you know, developing coaching relationships, how to maintain that balance that we didn't quite get to? Um, I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not quite sure. I know that, um, let's see, what did I write down? Oh, one of the things that helped when I was really young and, and people were seeing me as, you know, still the little baby fifth grader was kind of playing up my experiences in college. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, saying that I, you know, I worked with these big name athletes or I worked at Baylor, you know, I got to, I got to work with uh, Arb Riles. Like, no, I probably said five words to Arb Riles, but right. I just didn't even know that. I, <laughs> I was there with him. Yeah. I even, you know, I had supervision, but I think that helped bring some credence to it. Like if, if you can say, oh yes, I worked with the football team. Okay. Handed out water to the football team. And I did, you know, I stretched a guy. But coach didn't need to know that. It gave him confidence in me because I worked with, you know, the big 12 champion team, you know, he, he doesn't need to know how small a part, but it was able to give him the confidence in me that I instant confidence in me. And I didn't really have to fight as hard for it. So 
That's a good point. That was helpful. Yeah. And then I also need to make sure that like, I just like talk to them about their lives. Like sometimes I get really caught up in, okay, this is, you know, Pedro's ankle sprain and this is what we're going to do with that and have a nice day. Like I need to make sure that I'm having conversations with them outside of that ankle sprain, you know, like, Hey, how's your wife doing? You know, even if I don't necessarily care, <laughs> it helps build a relationship. Understandable. Yeah. Well, with that, want to jump into those five questions? Sure. Um, I noticed you had a, you're currently getting your DAT. Um, oh, yes. But that kind of goes right into this question is, you know, where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? Um, well, hopefully we're more, uh, a little more respected than we are right now. That's part of the reason that I went with, you know, went for the DAT to kind of help um, bring a little bit more credence, even though some people don't know what the DAT is. Um, but one of the things I would really love to happen in the next five or 10 years is that um, all schools having access to an athletic trainer at some in some form or fashion. If you have part-time person, um, if you have somebody there all the time, that would be fantastic. But, you know, having, having everybody having access to an athletic trainer, um, there are a couple of schools in my district who still don't have athletic trainers. Um, so that it's very difficult when you're doing an evaluation and you want them to get follow-up, but they don't have anybody to follow up with. So it'd be awesome if everybody could have an athletic trainer. Yeah, that's a perfectly awesome <laughs> goal to have for the profession. I would agree. Yeah. I feel like that's most of our goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back, maybe coming right out of grad school um, before that first job? As you know, what if you could go back and give yourself some advice? What would that be? Um, definitely that reaching reaching out to other people does not make you any less of an athletic trainer. Um, I felt like because I graduated and I passed that test and had those fancy letters after my name that I knew it all and that I was the only source of knowledge, like for everything that I was doing. I wish I had known that hey, nobody's going to look down on you when you call them and say, you know have you ever had this happen before or you know what kind of exercises do you do for this kid who can't do this like reaching out to other people doesn't make you any less of an athletic trainer and also documentation like document everything I did not at the beginning you know I was writing down like oh Steve hurt his ankle and that was it like no write everything down write down your hours write down what treatments you're doing write down if you give a kid a band-aid write it down yeah if, yep. Yeah. If I had known how many kids said that they were coming to the training room to skip class, um, <laughs> uh, writing everything down is awesome. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. What has been the most influential resource that you have found in your career? Um, honestly, it's probably Twitter. <laughs> it sounds kind of bad, but um, it's you not can get how many as you think. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different opinions and takes that you can get from Twitter. You know, I follow strength coaches and other athletic trainers, uh, professional programs. And um, so being able to get all of those ideas, but also to like reach out with people. Uh, but it's definitely important to take that with a grain of salt. Like, don't just do an exercise because you saw, 
you know, the guy with the blue check mark doing it, do a little bit of look at that exercise, do some research, see if it's sound and then implement it, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I, if I had known how great Twitter was for getting rehab exercises, I would have joined Twitter earlier. (laughs) It's awesome. There you go. Yeah. If you can change or eliminate or modify one thing in the profession of athletic training, it could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, what you set the table on what it is, what would that be? Okay, kind of have two things. One would be the hours. Like, that, I, that probably comes from being the only person at my school. But if I didn't have to work a 60-hour week, that would be fantastic. <laughs> I think right now that's the biggest thing in my personal setting. Yep. That, I mean, I love my job. I just hate how much I'm there sometimes. Um, But then for like the profession as a whole, I wish more people knew like what we were and what we did. Um, But I know that comes with advocating. So I just got to figure out how to do that. I think the more we can band together and keep pushing it out, the Mm -hmm. more organically it can happen. It's about the only good way. Yeah. Um, Handing out candy at basketball games only does so much. Fair. I like the idea, though. That's what I did for a regional quarterfinal. I sent out little packets that said, Happy Athletic Training Month, and had little band-aids and little... That's awesome. Yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Thanks, you can steal it. <laughs> like that. yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, last one. What does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Uh, man, it, I mean, it means everything. Like... Um, I love my job so much. Like somebody asked me if you weren't an athletic trainer, what would you be? And I was like, I don't homeless. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to do anything else but athletic training. I love making the relationships with the kids and I love getting people back to sport. Um, we had a, we had a kid get to go back. Oh, we had a girl this last week and um, dislocated her kneecap a week ago and um, went to the regional powerlifting meet and made it to state and I think oh. I had a look because she worked so hard um so just things like that just mean the world to me and I love doing that as an athletic trainer part of that you know yeah no that's awesome that's a very fulfilling thing as part of it would you kind of live vicariously through that yeah yeah coach told me she made state and I was like Woo! did a little happy dance it was awesome <laughs> <laughs> Anything else that you want to share? And then if not, where can people find you if they'd like to get in contact? Um, I can't really think of anything else. I think I rambled a bunch about a lot of stuff. Um, but um, they can find me on Twitter um, or you know, pretty much all of the social medias is where I'm at. So. Well, we'll definitely link yeah. up your Twitter um, to this Super. once we get it pushed out so everybody can find it on our website if they would like to. So. Cool. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Uh-huh. Yeah, thank you for having me. That was kind of fun. <laughs> the interests of the interesting times of relationships with coaches. Hooray. Well, thank you again.